Hello and welcome to Roy's Ranting and Rambling Reviews. My name is Roy and I will be your host for this podcast. What exactly is this podcast? It's going to just be a avenue for me to get my thoughts, opinions, and basically just my ramblings and my rantings out on movies. Uh, this podcast may not be very interesting. It may not be very entertaining. Uh, so, no one might not even listen to this. It might just be for an audience of one. I might be the only one that ever hears this or listens to it, and that's okay. Why I wanted to do this was because basically I sit in a cubicle all day long and it's a sedentary job and I don't talk to anyone all day long and all I do is I think. And what do I think about? Well, he'll pass the time. I'm usually just thinking about movies or comics or video games, just things that interest me that I just spin my wheels all day thinking about. And I feel like if I don't let it out, if I don't get it out of my system, my brain is going to explode. So this is going to be just something for me just to get it out of my system and just have that release because my wife doesn't want to listen to me talk about it. She gets sick of listening to me all the time. Don't really have any friends that are interested in the same things I am. And if they are, again, they don't want to listen to me just ramble and rant. So that should be my clue that people don't want to listen to me talk on and on about bullshit that they don't care about. But I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've wanted to do it for, you know, five, six, seven years now. And I always have an excuse why not to do it. I could think of a million reasons why not to do this right now. But I thought, you know what, what the hell, just do it. Just record something, put it on the internet, and boom, there you go. You've got a podcast done. So we're doing this on the cheap. It's not going to sound good. It's not going to be studio quality. I'm literally just recording on my cell phone with the pair of headphones that came with it. Because, like I said, podcasting, it can be super easy if you want it to be, apparently. You just record something and put it on the internet, right? So that's all I really want to do. Um, But basically with this, I'm just going to talk about movies and just the random thoughts I have. Uh, Not always going to be a a recording or a review. It might sometimes just be just a thought I have about why something doesn't work or, you know, where movies could go in the future. Just random stuff I come up with in my head as I'm toiling away all day in my cubicle. But today, what I wanted to talk about, a movie that's been going through my head quite a bit, that's uh, popular right now, is the recent social political satire by director Adam McKay, Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I find Adam McKay's career extremely interesting and the fact that he's gone from doing these silly Will Ferrell comedy movies like Talladega Nights and Step Brothers to segueing to pretty much only doing like political and business acumen satire comedy type movies Uh, like uh, you know he did The Big Short with Steve Carell Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, about the housing crisis and economic downturn and recession in 2008. And then he did Vice, again with Christian Bale, uh, about Dick Cheney. And now he's done uh, Don't Look Up, this uh, political satire about climate change. And also he helped produce or create or show run uh, Succession on HBO, which 
again, has, you know, uh, satire about uh, the media and, and its role it plays in politics. So I just find it interesting that you can do such a 180 from doing these really silly comedy movies to these more serious and biting things. It's not something you see very often with directors that have such a left turn in their career. I feel like you can kind of, you can pinpoint exactly when uh, this transition happened, right? Like I said, he used to do uh, silly Will Ferrell comedy type movies and there's a, there's a plot point, there's a beat in Anchorman 2 where Ron Burgundy and his news crew, they take a new job at a 24-hour uh, news station where it's just nothing but news for 24 hours. It's one of the first times that a, a broadcast news channel station had decided to run a 24-hour news cycle. Um, now, I'm not sure how, how much that's real life and how much that was uh, fictionalized for the movie. I don't know if those actually started back in the 70s or the 80s or whenever. But for the purpose of the movie, that's when it started. That's when it became a thing was in the 70s or 80s, whenever Ron Burgundy and his crew was doing his thing. And you can tell that that whole segment is is political and media satire, right? It's, it's, it's making fun of how 24-hour news cycle stations, they just come up with whatever garbage they possibly can just to fill the airwaves, just to whatever's going to... Uh, take up time, whatever is going to move the needle and whatever is going to get the likes and uh, get the clicks and get the views and you can tell how, you know, maybe that was Adam McKay first dipping his toe into, uh, into satire and subjects that deal with the politics and the media, you know, or maybe he was interested in before and that was his way of kind of weaseling his way into that genre regardless you can tell that that is exactly when he his career started to to shift from doing will ferrell movies to satire because it's a will ferrell movie that's got that satire and then just a few years later after anchorman 2 came out is when he did the big short so i think you can pinpoint the transition of adam mckay's career to that segment in anchorman 2. people are taking it one of two ways now it's a political movie, so it's it's already going to be divisive from the get-go. It's just how these type of things are going to go. And obviously it's got a very, you know, left-leaning message, clearly. Um, and, and so I, I feel like people on the right probably aren't going to seek this out. They're probably not going to watch it because it's already going to either go against their views or something they're just not very interested in or they'll be triggered or whatever. So people on the right probably aren't going to see this. So it's going to be seen mostly by people on the left. And I feel like they're going to take it one of two ways. There's either people in the camp that, you know, the satire really worked for them and they enjoyed its comedy and they enjoyed its message. And then there's people on the other side of it who say the satire is too on the nose. It's kind of eye rolling. It's up its own ass and it just doesn't work for them. And me personally, I was in the former category. I thought the satire really worked for me. Um, I, you know, I took it as, in the satire, in the, in the commentary that worked for me in the movie was the stuff about uh, the government and politics and things like that. Because I've only ever worked in politics, or not in politics, I've only ever worked in government my entire life, whether at the, the state level, the city level, the county level. 
Currently, my job is I work for at the state level, but a program that I work on is a federal level program. So I work for the state level, but I'm also very tied into the federal government and kind of their goings on in this, you know, certain program. Um, so I, I've seen a little bit of it all at every single different level of government and politics and how they intertwine and how they operate. And so the satire in these type of movies, like, well, especially in Don't Look Up, that really worked for me is when they're commenting on that. Like, like the moment that sold me on the movie, and I think it's in the trailer on Netflix when you hover your icon over the poster for it and it just automatically starts playing. Part of the snippet in there is where Leonardo DiCaprio's character and Jennifer Lawrence's character, they're the, the PhD um, astronomers from Michigan State that go to the White House to tell Meryl Streep who's the president and her son, Jonah Hill, who's like her advisor, they tell them that the asteroid's coming to Earth and it's a, it's a world killer and it's gonna blow us all up, we're all gonna die unless we do something about it immediately. And their response, Meryl Streep and Jonah Hill is, we're gonna sit tight and assess. We're just gonna do nothing. We're just gonna see what happens. And to me, that is the perfect summation of working in any sort of government work because it takes so freaking long to get anything done you ask for the simplest easiest things and it takes forever to get either a response or to get anything done so that type of biting commentary just you know like i said that works for me yeah it's on the nose i get that it's not subtle i get that but when has satire ever supposed to have been subtle or you know not on the nose like I've, I've recently been trying to get back into into South Park and kind of catch up. I, I'm like five seasons behind. And their, their satire is never subtle. It is extremely in your face. It's extremely on the nose. And there's a reason why South Park has been running for 25 years or however long it's been. No one says like, oh, South Park sucks because it's, it's way too on the nose and in your face about its messages. Like, oh yeah, we get that. Um, you know, perhaps you could say that the argument is that South Park kind of pokes fun at both sides and maybe this Don't Look Up movie is only poking fun at the one side and that's fine. But I just don't think that the criticism of that the satire was too on the nose, I don't think that's really valid or fair criticism. Right when the pandemic first kicked off and we were getting sent home from, from work for the first time, um, I remember thinking it was going to be kind of like a fun little vacation, right? When we were still really young and naive and dumb and didn't really know how big of a deal this was going to be. Because you're thinking, well, the future's totally up in the air. We don't know how long this thing's going to last. Uh, I get some time off from work that I don't have to, you know, use up my vacation for. You're looking at it as kind of just a little bit of a, like a break, like an old, you know, like a Christmas holiday break when you're in college. You just get two weeks off just to not think about anything. That's kind of what I thought. I thought it was going to be like a a two-week sort of vacation where it get, I got to be just, you know, me and my wife and just hanging out and doing whatever. And so I was treating it as that. And as soon as I got sent home from work, the first time, the first thing I did was I went to our local used movie store and I, uh, I picked up some DVDs. I got Contagion and Quarantine and the crazies and all these zombie movies. So I'm like, oh, it's finally happening. We're having our fun, stupid little zombie apocalypse, right? You know, I kind of treated it as like a, a themed little 
party vacation type of thing. Oh, and of course I, I bought a 12 pack of Corona because I'm super original and, and funny. Um, and, and the first thing that, that really stood out to me about all those movies, uh, it's a trope that's in every single movie. The most unrealistic part of them is the government's fast and efficient responses to crises, right? Because like uh, quarantine is one of those movies that just takes place over the course of a night. And by the end of it, you've got, you know, the people in the hazmat suits are coming in and they're, they're doing their thing. And then they quarantine off the house and they've got their big tarps on the outside of it. And the, the SWAT team rushes in and breaks through the windows and they shoot down all the zombies and they all in a matter of just a few hours. And right away, I'm like, fucking bullshit. That is the most unbelievable part of any zombie movie. Same thing with the crazies. I, I had the same re revelation there. I, I had seen both those movies before, um, but back in college, before I had the life experiences I had now, and that's kind of what's fun about re-watching movies, right? Is the older you get, the more experiences you have, the fresher and better perspective that you bring to the movie. Um, and so I'm re-watching the crazies. I don't think I had seen it since it came out in theaters in like 2010, which was like right smack dab in the middle of my college experience. Um, so I'm watching the crazies and in the matter of like a day, they've got like a field hospital in the middle of rural Iowa and the National Guard's been deployed and um, there's this really fast and effective response and they're evacuating people, they're getting them all out. Meanwhile, we're living in the middle of a pandemic when nothing is happening, nothing's moving, no one's doing fucking anything about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that, that makes sense. Um, that's more realistic. That's real life. So that's why, like I said, that that little bit in Don't Look Up about the, we're just going to sit tight and assess, I thought was brilliant and completely sold me on, on the movie and the idea. And that's the type of satire that works for me when it's grounded in reality or there's truth to it. There, there's an inkling of truth to the satire and what they're making fun of. Um, and, and so for me, like I said, personally, I was in the side that I got it and and the satire worked now like I said I can see where you'd be on the other side and you could say it's too on the nose and it's eye-rolling and it's cringy and it's whatever 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 but I just feel like that was such a such a kick of a, of a trope you know it really turned it on said because like I said every single zombie movie that's in there even you know the better or the best zombie movies of all time Shaun of the Dead right what happens at the very end of that after about a day or so, the military comes in, takes out all the zombies, life is back to normal uh, like it once was. Now you can kind of forgive that uh, deus ex machina there because the rest of the movie is so freaking good that you don't mind it, right? But like I said, that's always the most unbelievable part of zombie movies. Not the fact that the dead have become reanimated and their biting you turns you into one of them and, and further adds to their their numbers of their hordes. No, that's not the unbelievable part. Uh, it, it's the fact that the government actually works fast. And now I, I don't want to get too political or anything, but I'm not a huge like anti-government guy or anything. I'm not one of those people. I'm not storming the Capitol or anything, but my experiences of government have shown me that, you know, it's a, it's a slow moving machine, which is fine. It has to be sometimes, you know, sometimes you, do you want to get it done fast or do you want to get it done right? Is what I'll tell people. And well, we want to get it done right. So we're going to take our time, but that's for something that doesn't need immediate attention. You know what I mean? Like there, there's different things. Um, 
and we saw in real life stuff that needed immediate attention and it wasn't acted on and and uh and bad things happened and so that that little bit worked also i didn't take it as much of a climate change movie like obviously it very clearly is because you know leo's a big climate change um supporter and advocate and everything and he gave his big speech about climate change when he finally won his oscar for the revenant uh you know he talked about how the how the snow was melting everywhere and they had to go to like south america to find somewhere where there actually was snow at in the middle of the winter so they could shoot their scenes or or something i, I can't remember the exact details but the point is, is his whole speech was all about climate change and um, how we need to do something about it when he won his Oscar. So obviously the movie is a very pointed take on uh, climate change and what we need to do about that. Um, But I didn't take it as much of a climate change movie. I just looked at it as more of like a COVID perspective, right? To me, it just felt like a COVID compliment movie where it was, you know, you could, the, the satire and the themes and the messages of the movie very effectively fit what was going on in our world, or what has been going on in our world since. March of 2020 or even since before then and the other parts of the satire that really worked for me on a personal level is the 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 messages and the criticisms of uh, how much like social media and pop culture just infiltrate and affect our lives right because there's a big big plot point a big beat in the movie about how Ariana Grande's character who's a fictionalized version not not of herself but she plays a pop star in the movie of a fictional ver- fictional pop star and her boyfriend who's played by uh rapper kid cootie kid cuddy i've listened to his music i enjoy his music don't still don't know how to say his name he plays her boyfriend another musician in the movie and they break up and that has dominated the news um for the day the news of the week and that has taken precedence over the news that this asteroid is coming to earth and it's going to blow us all up and again to me that just works because it's it's grounded in reality. It's got seeds of truth to it. You know, and the day I watched it, I think, was the day after the news broke that Betty White had passed. And my social media feed was just absolutely filled with posts about Betty White. You know, I, I'm on Reddit a bunch, and it was like every single one of my subreddits was Betty White. It was, you know, news. It was world news. It was television. It was movies. It was pics. It was old school cool. It was all these different subreddits, the top post of the day was about Betty White. Now, I know in our our day-to-day, COVID news has just completely enveloped us, and that's all we see anywhere we go, and we get so sick of it, right? Well, what about before COVID? What was, like, one big thing that would happen that would just dominate your social media feed in the same type of way? And maybe it's just been so long that I can't remember, but I, I don't feel like there's ever been one big news article like that. You know, we knew of COVID before it really started to affect America, but it wasn't blowing up and dominating my feeds. If it wasn't for COVID, I couldn't tell you what the newest political news-worthy story is that is the biggest thing to possibly affect our lives going forward. I couldn't tell you what that one thing is because it's just not that interesting to us. We don't care. It doesn't make the news, it doesn't make the rounds, it doesn't get the clicks, it doesn't get the likes. And it's always something, you know, it's usually not so not so black and white, it's gray. We, we don't really wrap our head around it. We can wrap our head around a celebrity passing because that sucks. We all like Betty White, right? She's gone. We won't ever get to see her in anything again. That sucks. It's something we can wrap our head around. It's why it gets the attention it gets. 
But that's also why that satire works in the movie Don't Look Up, is that people can wrap their head around celebrities breaking up. That's something that they enjoy. They enjoy following their lives for whatever reason. Them breaking up is something they can understand. It sucks. <laughs> and even something as as what should be black and white as a as a asteroid or a comet racing to Earth to blow up the Earth, that should be black and white that we can wrap our head around. But again, it's just there's so many political ramifications that it ensues that we don't want to think about or talk about. We just want to eat up the garbage that is easily digestible that we can understand. And that's why that satire worked for me. So it's not so much the climate change stuff that really worked for me and don't look up. It's the, the pointed message about the, the government, the pointed message about uh, social media and, and our social lives in America and the things we consume and the, the things that we take away from our day-to-day life and what we're interested in and what works for us. Um, yeah, like I said, that's, that's the type of stuff that, um, you know, really, really hit home for me, uh, with the movie and partly why the, partly why the satire worked for me in Don't Look Up. So this is also part of the, the reason why I wanted to do a podcast was, you know, I've got some other podcasts in the work that I'm, I'm thinking of doing. I'm thinking of doing a a Marvel movie one with a friend. It's kind of in the works. We're trying to figure out when's going to be the best to sit down and record with one another. And I've got another one that I'd like to do with a different friend. I want to do a sports movie one with him. And I, I kind of want to cover the, the sports movies that um, that no one else really talks about or remembers anymore. Uh, I think that'd be more interesting than just talk about Moneyball for the 20th time. All right, 20, it should be like for the 100th time. You know what I mean? Um, so that's a couple of things in the works. So like me doing this on my own is hitting off a couple of different checkboxes for me personally. It's, it's doing podcast just to say I did it. It's learning how to, you know, upload it to a hosting site and then publishing it after that. It's me learning how to edit, um, and what works for me and what doesn't work for me, um, and those sorts of things. So uh, that's really that's really all this is gonna be. It's just gonna be me rambling and ranting about whatever I have been thinking about recently, uh, posting it to the internet, and just really a learning process. Like I said, this might only end up being for an audience of one, myself, and, and that's fine. You know, that's something Kevin Smith talks about. He's like, when he took a bunch of criticism for his movies like Yoga Hoser or Moose Jaws, which did that even ever come out? I never even. I remember hearing him talk about it, but I don't remember if it ever actually came out or not. But there's lots of criticism about those movies, about how much they sucked and how people wanted their money back and everything. He's like, honestly, I just wanted to star my daughter in a movie and make a a silly, campy, B-horror movie. And it was really just for an audience of one. It was for myself. I just wanted to make the movie that I wanted to watch. And I'm kind of taking that mindset with this. Um, Yeah, this might suck. Uh, It might sound like crap. No one, maybe no one will ever listen to it, but that's fine. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it to uh, check off a box because I feel as you get older, you should always be trying to push yourself into learning a new thing, being a better human being. You should always be growing. And um, I'm not growing if I'm going on the seventh year of talking about, oh man, I really want to do a podcast. We should do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. I got all these, and I don't actually do it. Like I have all the means 
at my disposal to do it. I should just do it, right? I've got all this free time in the world. I might as well just do it. So yeah, this has been Roy's ranting and rambling reviews. Or is it gonna be Roy's rambling, ranting, ranting, rambling? I don't know, I still gotta figure that out in post yet. Um, but yeah, this is, this is basically just a little snippet of what this podcast is gonna be. It's gonna be just me rambling and ranting about movies and the thoughts I have on them. And it's gonna be just sort of a stream of, of conscious kind of format where just one thing comes into my brain and out my dumb mouth it goes and for you to listen to it. So like I said, I, I don't have anyone that really wants to listen to me in real life uh, ramble about this type of stuff because I can kind of sound like a broken record and I'm already annoying enough to the people that love me and care about me. I need to you know, push and pull it back a little bit. So that's why look out internet, I'm taking you by hostage and um, I'm holding you captive to my my ramblings on movies. So like I said, this has been Roy's ranting and rambling reviews. My name is Roy and I'll see you next time.